The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In these times of rapid change, chaos, and crisis... A new wave of legendary leaders is rising up to answer their higher calling. Many are not famous nor have followers, though some do. They are brave individuals like you, seeking your highest truth and committed to deep personal change. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling with your host Maria Danley. Here is the innovative support you've been looking for to become the legendary leader you are destined to be. Now, here's Maria Danley. Gather round and let us tell you a story. Let us weave a timeless legend, right and true. Let us talk of dragons, of Merlin, of Celts and fairies too. Listen as we speak of Arthur and of the knights and ladies of the round. Be hushed as we speak of the lady, the lady of the realm. Gather round. We are eager to tell you a tale, a tale, a legend, right and true. Welcome. Those were the words that I first heard Lazara say back in the 1990s when I was attending a workshop called The Merlin Arthur Legacy. I had no idea at the time that this version of the legend, so rich, so full of wonder, love, and magic, would captivate me to such an extent that it would change the course of my life. Excuse me. I was like many of you at the time who thought the legend of Merlin and King Arthur was the story of Camelot and how a handsome French knight called Lancelot came to England to join the Knights of the Round Table, how he and Guinevere betrayed King Arthur through infidelity because they said their love was too strong to deny, and how that love affair wreaked havoc within Camelot, ending the peace and plenty, tearing it apart. King Arthur, as a result, becoming despondent, lost in sorrow, Guinevere going off to a nunnery in shame, and Lancelot wandering off in guilt and self-incrimination for what he had done. Not a very inspiring story, but probably the most popular version of that tale that's known today. Throughout time, there have been many versions of the Merlin and Arthur stories that have been used to suit the personal agendas of each of the writers, to give their interpretations, their versions of morality, 
to suit a particular era in history, in its morals, its religious beliefs, its psychology, each twisting the stories to suit the particular agendas of each of the writers of that time and place. However, Lazarus shared a different version of the legend that touched me deeply. It is a love story, but not the one I expected. It's a love story between a wise, ancient one magician, Merlin, and a boy, Arthur, and how Merlin came periodically to raise Arthur, teaching him 12 qualities of character, the art of chivalry, and how Merlin and Arthur came to respect and love one another with such a purity of love that it remains to this day a shining example of what true love really is. As Lazara spoke, I could see how Arthur would adore Merlin. I imagined Arthur as a child having visits from this wizard, a fascinating magician that would come along and whisk him away to go off on adventures in nature, sharing his learning in wondrous ways, opening Arthur's imagination and instilling awe and respect for all of life. What child would not want that? I could also see how Merlin would delight in watching the boy grow as he would take each lesson to heart, Arthur throwing himself into his learning, trusting Merlin wholeheartedly, and as he made his mistakes, brushing himself off and trying again with such an innocence and a willingness to grow and change because he loved the magician. Lazarus told us how the love that Merlin and Arthur shared was a pure love, unadulterated by suffering, struggle, and sacrifice, free of these, eternally free of martyrdom and control. This kind of love seems so foreign in our world today. For most of us, with our current experiences of love and even with our imaginations, our physical senses, it's hard to imagine a love that is so pure in this way. In our world, not just now, not just currently, but for thousands of years, the purest of love was often, has often been defined precisely by the struggle, by the suffering, and by the sacrifices made for it to prove love, to demonstrate love. Many of us may still hold the belief that to show that our love is pure, we must struggle, we must suffer, we must sacrifice and make more pure the love to make that love even more pure, the greater depths we will have to endure. These have been the defining qualities of pure love in our world, in our modern world, a love defined by martyrdom, defined by the martyr, whose love is unappreciated, misunderstood, whose love is so pure and so beautiful but cannot be seen, a love that is defined by control. These have become the qualities that define a purity of love in our world, rather than the qualities that are absent, that are not present. You see, and Merlin and Arthur left a legacy for all of us of what pure love really is, more really is. <clears throat> Their love was ever and always faithful, the love between a magician and a man, a love that was shared between a man and a woman, between Arthur and his Guinevere, a love that along with these qualities of character that were inherent in chivalry inspired a land and its people to live in harmony, peace, and prosperity for many years. Together, we will explore in future weeks how to tap into this love and allow it to deepen your spiritual path and expand your capacity for personal love in your life. As well, within the heart of this version of the legend, right and true, we will explore a current, a thread, a legacy of love that is pure, that can be an inheritance for those of you who will touch that current and be changed by it. This legend will not only awaken more love within you, 
It can inspire you and keep you on track with your higher purpose. It can teach you the magic of self-trust and help you to find a rapport with your future self. In the weeks to come, I will share stories from this legend, the birth of Merlin, how Merlin found his higher purpose, how Merlin taught Arthur the 12 qualities of chivalry and the exact order in which Merlin taught these qualities to Arthur. We'll talk about the ladies of Avalon, who they were and how important they were to each of the knights and how important they are to you and your magic. I will show you how to find your own inner knight and your lady and how to work with them to advance your personal and spiritual growth. Camelot still lingers in our imaginations today as an idea of hope, but it can be so much more than that. For many of you, it is your legacy, your inheritance. It is a love to be reawakened, already programmed within your DNA. An inheritance and a remembering that can not only fuel the love that is inside of you, but grow and change you in ways that will astound you for the beauty they will reveal within you. They say that Arthur is the once and future king. I believe that you legendary leaders are collectively the future king that was foretold, that you are all a part of this legend, and I am here to champion you to find that pure love and character within yourselves so that you may achieve your highest dreams. It's good to be with all of you today. I usually don't start straight off with a story, but it may be the way it is in the future. We'll find out. I'm Maria Danley, your host, and I'm happy to be with all of you today. And we're just here during the winter solstice time when night is long and dark, and we have a chance to go within and be more deeply connected to spirit. I just wanted to mention for some of you, I may not be channeling today, and for those of you who would like to receive answers to your personal questions that you're facing in your growth or everyday life, and you'd like to have those answers, let's say, more directly coming from your higher selves in a more private setting, you can go online right now to legendaryleaders.com, legendaryleaders.com, and sign up for my free hour of channeling that will start 10 minutes after the show ends today at 2.10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5.10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All you need to do is you'll, you'll need to sign up and get the radio, I mean, to sign up to get the telephone information to call in. And I look forward to being with you after the radio show today. It'll be fun. So now I'm excited to introduce my guest today, my friend, Dr. Michael Defino. I've been saying they're all my friends, luckily, and so far they are. I love Michael. Dr. Michael Defino is a master healer and, for me, the go-to person whenever I'm feeling run down or aware that I may have physical bugs of any sort, whether it's a virus, bacteria, fungus, or parasites. Michael Defino will find them and give you exactly what you need to be free of them. He is always on the cutting edge of finding the newest discoveries in naturopathic medicine, and he's a tremendous resource for all of you leaders who need to stay well, vibrant, and keep your strength grounded. <clears throat> Michael graduated from, the, from Life Chiropractic College, magna cum laude, in 1986. He, furthers, he furthered his education with hundreds of hours in applied kinesiology and even more hours in graduate education in network chiropractic post-grad in biogeometric integration, and certified in quantum neurology, to name just a few of his studies. 
Michael works directly with his patients in his office or over the phone. You can read more about him at drdefino.com, D-R-D-E-F-I-N-O.com, or reach him directly at the Community Chiropractic Wellness Center in San Anselmo, California at 415-453-1588. Warm-hearted, generous, and always great to be around, Michael is a joy. I'm so grateful to introduce to you my friend and personal wellness practitioner, Dr. Michael Defino. Hello, Michael. Hi, Maria. How are you today? I'm just fine. How are you? Wonderful. And I will say I'm fine because I go to you regularly. I, I, this is probably the first holiday season. I'm not getting sick at all. Woohoo! That's great, isn't it? <clears throat> it is. And I do thank you, Michael. You know that. Yeah. I love, you, you're the debugger. <laughs> so I, I'm, our audience is so eager to hear about you. And I, I guess I'll start off by asking you, Michael, what started you on your spiritual path? You know, that first spark that started you there, knowing there was something more. Maybe it started in childhood. What comes to mind? Well, I grew up as a Catholic, but that didn't really spark me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, my, my first real spiritual experience would probably be uh, out in nature, connecting with um, the woods, connecting with everything out there that nature has to offer us, the resonance, the, uh, the calming... Uh, it was one of my go-to places whenever something was up for me. I'd always go hang out in the woods or go somewhere and just be out there uh, with nature, uh, loving to play with animals, loving to feel the flow of life out there. Um, it was so different than being in a city. So I would really call nature my cathedral. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me a story about being an eight-year-old boy out there playing with dandelions. Yeah. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I was always doing something with healing or making potions, um, not knowing anything about it, but just making it up. And one of my first things I did was uh, pick a dandelion, and there's this white uh, liquid that comes off of the stem of the dandelion flower, and I started putting it on cuts or when friends cut themselves or something out there, I would take a dandelion and put it on them. So you were, and, you were a natural uh, healer and it's then. it's just yeah. been going ever since then for me mm-hmm. in my own healing journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love how you are always exploring, always reaching for more. You never stop. And you always bring that magic right back into your work. It's so beautiful, Michael. Thank you. Um, it's, as, as humans evolve over time, it's an upward spiral for all of us. And so... You, I can't keep doing the same thing myself over and over and over again. I have to keep learning more and more and evolving who I am through the whole process or things become stagnant if I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's really the most exciting thing is to learn something new and start to apply it in your life, whether it's with myself or with um, my clients and patients out there. Uh, they are... Um, the reason I'm here, and I'm the reason that they're here. And we both work together. It's, uh, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. It's a flow between us that's always happening, myself and them. And it's the same thing with myself and my learning. This is a circle that always comes back around again to me to bring it to my patients. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I wanted uh, everyone out there to have the resource of knowing you because it's such a pleasure and you do work over the phone. But talk about your debugging. I mean, you really are amazing the way you can find those little critters crawling around inside all of us. <laughs> um, it is a technique that I use, um, applied kinesiology. I use vials with the different energy frequencies of the different bugs, whether it's a virus, parasite, bacteria, fungus, yeast, uh, even toxins that the body's accumulated over time like heavy metals and um, chemicals that we're all exposed to every day. Um, applied kinesiology is using the nervous system and the muscular system interface to get answers from the body. So it's a way for me to ask the body questions. You know, what's bothering you right now? I mean, people can come in with a list of symptoms, but I want to ask the body itself, what's really bothering it? What is pulling it down so it can't get a leg up and heal itself? Mm -hmm. And I am just using that. So in a muscle test, you, I'll hold a vial over somebody and see if a previously strong muscle stays strong or if it goes weak. If it goes weak, it, the body has a problem with whatever that substance or, or uh, thing is. Mm-hmm. And I, am, um, I take notes of what those things are and put them aside, and then we look for remedies for this. And so in a way, it's not, me not having to know everything. So if I can ask the body the right questions, then I get the right answers from the body. And whether it's what's bothering it or with toxins or bugs or what it needs to help get a leg up so it can really start to heal itself. And this is really um, what healing truly is, um, trying to tap into the body of somebody sitting on or laying on my table. How can I get the answers from them? and not have to try and figure it out myself what is going on. Because their body knows so much more about themselves than I could ever imagine. And if I can just listen to what it's saying, then I can really tap into the body and help it heal at a much deeper level. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Well, I'll ask you, how important is the the role of personal responsibility for each of us in, in that role of health and wellness? I know you're responsible, Michael. What do you have to say about that? Well, everybody has to take personal responsibility. I don't. Um, I need people to show up when they come for a visit, whether it's on the phone or uh, or in person. They have to be present and they have to be willing to take on the responsibility because that's where the responsibility lies with each one of us. Our our healing. We can't rely on somebody outside of us to do the healing for us. So if uh, I tell someone to change their diet or start to exercise more or um, chant or meditate, I expect people to do that, and they have to be willing to take on that personal responsibility to make those changes for themselves or it won't work, or people will just keep coming back with this same symptoms or same complaints and uh, nothing changes. So it's really about uh, each of us taking our own personal responsibility for what's happening in our life and how I wound myself up into the condition that I'm in and getting people to realize this. Yeah, so I know it's true. If people are willing to do that, then all kinds of changes take place. If they're not, then it, it 
doesn't work. It's not a circle between us. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes me think often when we're talking um, about the personal health, it's so much is about how to shift our resonance and this chanting or eating correctly or whatever. We are responsible for the resonance for our body and for its health that way. You know, and we had a fascinating discussion recently, Michael. You were talking about a doctor that was had had literally discovered that that there is light in the DNA. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah, uh, P- Professor Fritz Albert Pop. He was he's a physicist, and um, he studies um, uh, uh, photons of light um, emanating from the body, but it's any living thing also. So. You could see these from a plant if you took a plant and put it in a particular machine to read the photons coming off. Um, I'll read a little quote here from from him. Uh, he said, We know today that man essentially is a being of light, and the modern science of photobiology is presently proving this in terms of healing implications are immense. We now know, for example, that quant- the quanta of light can initiate or arrest cascade-like reactions in the cells, and the genetic cellular damage can be virtually repaired within hours by a faint beam of light. And so this light emanating from our DNA is very faint light. You can't see it with your eyes, but with certain tools you can observe this energy coming off of the bell off off of the body um, or in the cells of the body hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so this what happens is is that this is a way for cells to the cells to communicate inside each each other or communicate together so uh, the change can happen instantaneously we're actually at the speed of light this is how things are transmitted in the body. I mean, people have all seen some athletes that have done amazing things that could not have happened by one theory of nerve response, how fast the message travels down through the nerve. But instead, it's happening through the speed of light, through the light that we have in each of our cells of our body that is communicating um, with, with all the cells in the body, all instantaneously. That's so beautiful. On top of that, the, it's so easy to just think of ourselves, especially in old paradigm thinking, that we are these physical bodies. And we certainly remember from school that we're, we're a mass of muscles and tissue and all of that. We think of ourselves being so physical. But how beautiful to really be moving into this thought of not only we are beings of light, quite literally, but that the communication is instantaneous that way. How cool. Right. Yeah. This is how people know things between each other sometimes without saying a word. There's a communication that takes place. Most, most communication takes place outside of us talking to each other. And people get feelings, so psychics will get feelings about things. Or people just in touch with nature will get feelings about nature, about a storm coming or anything like that. And this is all communicating Nature's communicating with us, and we're communicating with nature, and people are communicating um, with each other, not even knowing that we're communicating with each other. Well, I guess you're describing then what I'm doing when I'm... (laughs) Exactly. When I'm doing readings and channeling for people. I was wondering, where am I getting that information? I just am. That's beautiful. I mean, you you tap into a field, 
And, and this is a, a communication field. You probably know, oh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he did the 100th monkey theory. Mm-hmm. And um, how when these monkeys were living on this island off Japan and um, these scientists were feeding them sweet potatoes and one monkey one day went down to the ocean to wash the sand off the sweet potato and then suddenly monkeys in their band of monkeys started doing this same thing and once it reached a certain number, monkeys of the same species on other islands immediately started doing this. So there's this field that we're all tapped into. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is such an amazing thing for people to realize that humankind can tap into this kind of thing. That doesn't happen just with monkeys, but it happens with us, it happens with ants, it happens with worms, it happens with bees. There's all this instantaneous communication that's happening. Um, and all we have to do, I think, is really be quiet enough so that we can tap into that and feel what that field is doing to us. And so I think that's what it is that you do. You're tapping into this enormous field of energy that has all kinds of information in it. And so when you're reading somebody, you find some information for them and bring it back. I I experience it as if um, when I'm talking to somebody's higher self, for example, they're either talking directly to me or um, they're giving me impressions. I I have a clear audience, clear sentience, and clairvoyance, so I don't know which one is going to be working at what time. But um, it it is like almost going to my own movie. Uh, I get to watch the personal movie of this other person. I'm seeing their energy field and all of this beautiful information and stories are happening and it feels very private, but at the same time, it feels um, I feel so privileged to be able to to see what's really going on at the root of uh, the cause, the root cause of illness for people, illness or just anything that's downright irritating, like not finding love or money or whatever. Yes, <laughs> you I mean, talk about. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. It's such a great gift that you have to give to the world. Oh, well, thank you. I, I I'm just grateful. It was a gift, and that's the way I hold it. It's a gift, and if I can use it for others, well, just the way you have so many gifts that are so beautiful. And uh, remember, for anybody who's listening, that Michael's direct phone number in in there in San Anselmo, California, is four one five four five three. 1588 and you can absolutely talk to him anyone who's feeling the flu or the bugs he's the guy to go to to get you well well michael i know we're going to take a break here in a moment um i i would i want you to come on back and i want to talk about flow and resistance because we we know that that's so very important uh, of either we are in flow or we are resisting flow and so much has to do with health and leadership like to explore that topic when we come back. Okay. We're also going. We're also going to be talking about um, the the brain tip of the day, and our brain tip today is going to be around sending love and healing to others in the season of love and generosity. When we want to be um, absolutely praying for others, but how can we more effectively use some of that light that Michael was talking about, that light and healing, to more effectively uh, create healing for others? So. I guess we'll be coming back in just a moment. Bye-bye. Okay.
are listening to Legendary Leaders with Maria Danley. To receive the answer to your most burning question, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Now, let's return to Legendary Leaders. Hello and welcome back. We will be talking about the brain tip shortly, but first we're going to explore that question with Michael. Looking at the idea of flow and resistance, I know that's big in your world, Michael. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I I had an experience years ago with flow. Um, I was up in Idaho fishing on a river called the St. Joe River, and this was early summer in June, and the snow was melting, the rivers were pretty swollen, and we're out there fishing, and we're not, I'm not catching anything. And so I decided I want to go to the other side of the river. And this, this river looks so deep, I mean so shallow, and um, you can see the rocks on the bottom. I'm walking across, and halfway across, um, this river is flowing so fast, I'm out of breath walking across. And... I'm screaming at my friend to go get a rope and throw it to me to pull me back. Um, and so he's scrambling up this hillside to try and get this rope and get it back to me. And I have this sense that I'm not going to make it. And so I heard this voice inside that says, just lay down. And I thought it was this was crazy, uh, just lay down. But um, I ended up laying down in the river on my back and I'm floating down this river and I point myself to the side of the river and got out. And that day I was just so happy that I didn't uh, die in the river and made it to the other side. And it wasn't years later till I realized that the, that the message there for me was flow and resistance. So when I was halfway across the river, I'm in this resistance state, stopping, trying to stop the river or get across there as this river is pushing up against me. And years later, I realized that in my life, I had all this resistance built up. And I remembered being out there on that river and what it felt like to be in that flow when you just let go and you move down through that flow and that's what happens in life to all of us is that when we are we find that flow in our life or our path or where we're supposed to go and say yes and move into it and and all kinds of obstacles move out of our way when this happens when we're in this flow if i'm working with a patient on the table and i'm kind of stuck I'm always asking myself, where's the flow? Where do I need to go? Where's the flow? Where do I need to go? I just keep asking myself that until something shows up. And then I go, oh, okay, this is what has to happen. And this is true for anybody in life, I believe, that a lot of us are in resistance. Um, But if you look at everything around us, everything's in flow. Water's in a flow. Light's in a flow. Wind's in a flow. Animals move in a flow around in the woods. Um, soil bacteria are flowing and moving. The blood in our body is flowing and moving. The lymph in our body is flowing and moving. Our breath is flowing and moving. Saliva is, urine is. I mean, it's unending. That's how much flow is around us. 
when you look at traffic flow, and it's either stuck or it's flowing. So um, flow is so important for all of us to try and find where is it that we're supposed to be in life. And when we are stuck somewhere, we're in resistance to whatever the flow is. And so it's looking at how can I find the flow for myself again and create the life that I want from that flow. And it takes listening inside to find that flow. And so whenever we're in resistance, we always just have to ask ourselves, okay, where's the flow? And you feel for it, and something will pop up for you. And you'll know, oh, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to do. This is who I need to meet. And so that's, it's such an amazing thing to find that flow. But it's also amazing to feel what resistance feels like. So you couldn't understand flow without first having that resistance. Mm-hmm. So for me, walking across that river, feeling my resistance to the flow of that river is, and it will be a similar kind of feeling for us inside when we have resistance in our body. And in acupuncture, they're looking at flow and resistance in meridians. And they're looking, are these meridians flowing well? So they'll tap in and touch the pulse points on the wrist and feel. And each of those pulse points correlates with a different meridian or organ in the body and are things flowing at a good pace or too much or too little. And from that, then they, know, they get an idea of what they need to do and what meridians they need to work with to get that flow moving. Yes, I, I love that you, you say that. And I remember talking to you about um, meditation and getting into flow because it's so easy for all of us, especially those of us who are trapped in offices or just have our head down and we're working, working, working. We can get into this cycle in our head where we're just going round and round and not really in, we're in a flow, but that actually feels more like it's an adrenaline rush that keeps us in cycles. But to get back into the natural flow, it, it, it makes sense to me that all you have to do is, is close your eyes for a moment and start breathing deeply because the breath is in the flow or being aware of your blood flowing in your veins, as you say. So I love that because what, what are some tips you have for, for the folks out there about getting back into flow? Well, meditation is a great one for people to do, or Tai Chi or Qigong. You're looking at, uh, with Tai Chi and Qigong, to get the meridians to start to flow, your Qi flowing through your body. So I think it's much easier for people to tap into flow when their body is flowing. If it's not, if it's stuck some way internally, then people have a harder time finding their flow. Mm -hmm. So it's... um, it's really learning how to slow down and tap into what we already have inside because it's the same flow that's outside and it's just the um, an, a, an identical copy of it's the same thing that we have that, that's out there. And so if we can feel it out there, we can feel it inside of us. And if we can feel it inside of us, we can feel it out there. So... It's about really tapping in to that and healing our bodies enough so that we can start to feel this flow. I mean, just, I mean, somebody could touch their own pulse points and feel the blood flowing and circulating through their body. You know, one flow that I, I, I think it's a great tip to share with, with, with the guests out or the people out there because I do it almost every day. If I'm starting to feel sick it, or just a little 
out of it or I just don't feel quite right. But even when I do, I'll sit down and I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine I'm opening my third chakra, imagining that that third chakra right at the belly, opening up 100%. And I imagine a river flowing through my back through me, parallel to the ground. And it's this river of emotions. Sometimes I imagine it's kind of jam logged back in there. But I found so much that just sitting and being with, witnessing and feeling, whatever emotions want to come through, and they can move very quickly, they might be sort of sluggish, but I have found it's one of the, the most, the easiest ways so that I can return to health more quickly. It usually means something is being backed up and it's emotional. And it's a wonderful thing to practice, even starting with a few minutes, letting it go longer, and feel this flow of emotions, even if it's dread or fear, or all those ones you don't want to feel. When they can move out and you give your body permission to flow them, it's amazing how quickly you can come back to health and groundedness. So that's another aspect of flow. And that's a great way, too. Uh, to go to go about it, I also you will use chanting at times when I feel stuck because then you feel the flow of air moving into the body and the flow of air moving back over the vocal cords and yes, yes. those resonant frequencies penetrate anywhere in the body not that it's just not it 's not just in the throat but it 's everywhere all at the same time, and it frees all kinds of things up in the body that are stuck and you can project those tones to different places in the body to try and help free up if you have a pain or if you have stuckness or anything those vibrational frequencies are amazing at what they can do well i 'm just getting high from this conversation i 'll tell you just talking to you, I feel very lightheaded that 's great we 're going to talk about a brain tip i 'd like to give them a weekly tip and this one I was thinking about in this season of 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 Yule and and the solstice and Christmas and many of the holidays out there this brain tip is really I call it sending love and healing to others in the season of love and generosity and it'll be good to hear some of your ideas on this too Michael but I'll just share that for many of you who send prayers to loved ones without uh, throughout the year and particularly at this time of year this brain tip is a variation on prayer that you might find very useful we all care about our loved ones. We want what is best for them. But too often we pray or send, send meditative energy for things to happen for our loved ones that we want to see happen for them. Things that may not be for their highest good, even if we think that we are right. When you want to send love and healing to someone, close your eyes and get quiet in a meditative state and start sending love and healing to the person that you have in mind. But more than that, send that love to the person's higher self. Their higher self knows the best use of the gift of your love, and they know how and when your loved one will be open to receive your gift of love. This way, your gift is without personal agendas. You will have no need of feeling responsible for interfering with the outcome, and you can rest assured that the highest good will come from your gift of love. I have clients that ask me all the time, what can I do for my son who is ill or a family member who suffers from addiction or is lost on their personal path at the moment? I tell them to send love to their higher self. Send love to the higher self of that particular person that you care about. It will be there for them exactly when they need it. And for those of you who feel so inclined when you see others in the world, in the news who are in pain, or those who are hard to love by their actions that you cannot agree with. You're probably witnessing a person in pain. Send love to their higher selves. It will not bounce back to harm you, but it will be sending genuine love and healing and creating more peace in the world. 
That's my brain tip for the week. Any comments on that, Michael? <laughs> uh, that's a great, great, great tip. Um, even even medicine recognizes this now. Um, there's a medical doctor, Larry Dossey, who's done a lot of research on prayer and double-blind tests where you, you'll have a group of people pray for. They don't tell them who they are, um, but the person maybe had a heart attack or something, and they pray for him and not pray for anybody else in that particular hospital. And... Um, and how much faster those, that person recovers comparison to all the other people that have a similar disease process happening. And um, it doesn't matter the distance at all, how far away they are. It is happening no matter. Yeah. And so it's such a, it's such a great way to give in this season is to give the love that way and the prayers that way to all your loved ones. Yes. We, we're going to have some time to take some live callers. If you have a question for Michael about your health or you'd like to say something about you that you've heard on the show today, you can call one 866 472 5795 and Michael and I will take your calls. We'll be able to do that. So if anyone would like to call in, please do that at this time. I also want to say that for those of you who are enjoying our radio show, Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling, you can now go to iTunes and in the search bar, type in Legendary Leaders, Voice America, and you will be able to download the podcasts automatically to your favorite MP3 player. So, uh, and for those of you, again, who would like to be, come and have free channeling today, you can go to legendaryleaders.com. Let's go sign up and... Ten minutes after two Eastern Standard—I know that specific Standard Time, five ten after five Eastern Standard Time—we will resume on that telephone number. But you'll have to go sign up at legendaryleaders.com to get that phone-in information. Now, I don't know if we have any callers coming in at the moment. I don't see any. So, again, if you have any questions about anything, you can call in one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Questions or comments. Okay, it looks like no callers. So, Michael, do you have any questions that you would like me to answer at this time? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Yeah. What's the other topic? I mean, I could start looking at your higher self. I have been promising you a reading for a long time. So, um, I guess we can talk about another aspect of this healing process. Or anything else that you'd like to talk about? Um, what are s- sure. It, uh, a lot of times when people are stuck in their life, they're not really expressing who they are in the world very well. And it's such an important thing for people to understand what their gifts, skills, and talents are in the world that they came in to give. So our soul came in for a specific purpose for each of us to express something to the world. And if we're not doing that, then we're we're in resistance or we're stuck in life. And it's so important for people to understand what their gifts, skills, and talents are. And if they can uh, work on figuring this out for themselves, I mean, I have a process that I do with people on gifts, skills, and talents um, to figure out which ones they came in with that are good for them to give this lifetime. Because somebody might be doing a job that's not a gift for them to give, but they're doing the job because they need to 
make money, survive, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, which is fine, um, but it's, it is equally as important to find out what your gifts are that you came in with so that you can share them with the world. And you can look at lots of people, uh, Martin Luther, King, um, Gandhi, Kennedy, how they shared their lives with all of us and how the world would not be the same had they not done that. Oh, I love your saying this, Michael. It's all about that higher, not only the higher calling, but this place within each of us, we do have these gifts and talents and that we can feel so frustrated when we can't find a place to be authentic or share what we really did come to share. Absolutely. And you can see that then too, probably physically in illness and other places. Well, you're yeah. speaking. You're speaking about, of course, some very important legendary leaders. Let's say famous legendary leaders. But um, I, I love that you're saying that. When do, what do you consider your higher calling? I know you're doing your higher calling. You're just doing it every day. But how how would you would you describe what you you would call your higher calling? I would probably describe it uh, as a way to help usher people into their life to express themselves fully. Whether I'm working with the nervous system, whether I'm working with the muscular nervous system, the brain, it's all really to help usher people into who they are truly are in life. And this is really what healing is for for each of us. We have to. We've all we've all been wounded in some way, and those woundings, whether they're physical woundings, mental, emotional woundings, it doesn't really matter what the wounding is. When we're stuck, we're letting that wound speak for us. Oh, wow. And when we're not stuck, we're, we are speaking through that woundedness, through that wound, and which is a completely different way. So the first way is being a victim, letting the wound speak. The second way is standing in your power. And letting that flow through whatever woundedness you've had. And I'm not saying to um, not pay attention to whatever happened to you in life, but you can't let it pull you down. You have to use that as a springboard for yourself to express your higher self. And so when we do that, we have a voice in the world and we're actually speaking our through our higher self and bringing it to the world. And this is such an important thing for people to understand. I mean, who is anybody not to express who they are in the world? But a lot of people don't do that because of fear. They don't have something to offer. They don't um, think they're good enough. But everybody is good enough. We were born that way. And we were born here to express who we are. And by not doing that, the world is missing out. Michael, I love your saying that. That is is utterly grand to say that when I'm, if I'm not standing in my, either my strength or talent or what I've come to do, I can be letting my wounding speak for me. And you see it. You see it in people when you know they're wounded or they don't, they're, they're not quite present and it's painful. We all feel it in each other. But I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I think of it in terms of, a, and I know that we do pick up all of the programming in our brains from our parents. From the time we're in the womb to around age seven, we're picking up all their thoughts, feelings, their emotions, attitudes, all of that. And it's sort of an inheritance that comes through the actual physical blood and it's in the, programmed in the DNA. It's something we step into when we come into a family into a, as a baby. 
And all of that can be rewired, absolutely. And so many of us doing this inner work, that's exactly what we're doing, is rewiring and finding our freedom from that inheritance that we got in our bloodline. And we're actually creating a whole new legacy of love for the future, for future generations when we're doing that. So So they, they can stop that pain from going to future generations. Well, we have a caller calling in. Her name is Joanne, and she's from Iowa. Joanne, are you there? I am here. Great. Do you have a question or or a comment here? Um, I do, kind of. I've been trying to figure out my higher purpose and working through my old life issues also, trying Mm -hmm. to move forward from that. But um, I'm trying to figure out how to identify it. Is it just a matter of, like, looking at what I think are my gifts now and helping people? Or is it going to be something where all of a sudden I'm like, ah, that's it. How do we go about that? Well, I'll start by saying I, I've always thought it's a process. And when I'm working with my coaching clients, I, I give them a little exercise, and you might enjoy it, Joanne. It might work for you. And anyone out there, you, you, get, uh, you get two pieces of paper, and you're going to make two lists. And the first list, you write out all the things you absolutely love to do, things you love doing if it's watching television, old Turner Classics movies or eating chocolate or sleeping in or whatever it might be. It could also be I love working with beads, I like um, cooking, whatever. You make a long list of all the things you're passionate about you'd be doing on your time off. Then you make another list, and this is a list of things where you see there's need in the world, where let's say you get touched when you're watching the news, you see some pain going on over in this country, or that particular issue just drives you nuts. You start marking down, I think this is a hot spot. This is an area where I have an interest, and there is need in the world. And there's somewhere between the things you love to do that you're passionate about and the need in the world that you want to be a part of answering that within there, it it at least gets you on the right path of finding, okay, I'm finding a path here, and that's going to lead me. But the important thing is to get on that path, and that's a good way to start. Does that make sense to you? It does. Is that something you'll do? (laughs) It is something I'll do. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear back. You come back to the show and let us know how how you're doing with that. But it's a good place to start. Okay. Thanks so much. Well, you're very welcome. And did you have anything, Michael? Um, to I would to agree end? with that. This is what I tell people when they come in: is you find your passion. What are you passionate about? If you if you're not finding that in your life and um, and working with that, then uh, life is there, but it doesn't seem like it's like a hamster in a in a wheel. Mm-hmm. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, but Passion is the place to really go. That's where the flow is. That's where the juice is. That's where people just need to look. And be honest with yourself and don't even think that, oh, I can't do that. You never know. You don't know. Or how could I, how could I get that passion to the world? And you don't, you don't even worry about it. You just keep giving it however you can give it, and something will always show up in that flow for you to move to and it'll just start happening on its own. That's so I'll need to pay great. attention to that then because I don't have anything like I'm so strongly passionate about this or I care about this so much in the world. It's like, eh, you know, it seems to ebb and flow. So I'll see maybe what patterns reemerge over and over again, and maybe that's it. What do you it's love to do? Uh, regular stuff. I mean, I love talking it to people. doesn't matter what. <laughs> Um, I like relationships with people. I like helping people find, like, they'll come and they'll say something and then I'll connect them somewhere. 
So I think like that that I love, but I wouldn't say that I'd love it enough that it'd be a passion where I just want to do it forever. But I think it's something about relationships with people and connecting them to certain areas. I'm going to have to interrupt a little bit because we've got three minutes until the show is over. But I will Mm -hmm. say this. I Call in, Joanne, if you want to come to the call that is starting next. I can give you a reading and we can look a lot deeper and to see because there's a sense of something going on that you're feeling um, some of your emotions are a bit backed up. And uh, yeah. they may, might need some feelings, so you can't. You're not quite in touch with your passion, but we we can find yeah. it. But um, Michael, I, I want to thank you. Thank you for calling, Joanne. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And Michael, thank you for being the guest today. What a joy! It's always fun to be with you. Oh, you it's can, been great fun. I had a great time. Doctor Defino, D E F I N O dot com, to find out more about Michael. And we gave you this phone number. Please call him. So we're just about here at the end, and it's been a lovely, a fun time for me. And we just want to say that for those of you um, that uh, would like more information about my work, of course, you can always go to mariadanley.com and read more about that. And also, the music that you hear on this this program on is, is all from my CD that I created called Invocation, Journey, and Ritual, and is now available on Amazon.com, which is exciting. I just got, actually, a thousand CDs just dropped off today in my living room. I had to reorder. They were sold out. But for that, uh, those of you who are going to join us, we'd love to have you join by... Um, the, the free telechanneling call that's going to be starting in about 10 minutes after the show. Go to legendaryleaders.com to sign up, and I'd be happy to give you some free channeling on deeper issues. So thank you to all for listening today for Leg- to Legendary Leaders, Answering the Higher Calling. It is an honor to support all of you unsung heroes on your journey to become the legendary leaders you are destined to be. Until next week, and Merry Christmas and a happy holiday to all of you, I send you my love and best wishes. Thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week for Legendary Leaders. Maria Danley invites you to join her for another inspiring show next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.